Bubble wrap is often an afterthought when we're tearing open packages, but at the Sealed Air plant in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, it takes center stage. Sealed Air, the original seller of bubble wrap since 1960, melts resin pellets at this factory and stretches it over giant rollers. Machines seal the air in to create bubbles that protect our stuff and provide hours of entertainment to toddlers. Sealed Air considers this process a trade secret, creating bubbles that retain air for longer than bubble wrap imitators. There's just one problem. The material takes up too much space, making it expensive to ship. That's why Sealed Air has revamped the material and created a new product called iBubble Wrap. It ships flat in rolls that are 1 50th the size of regular bubble wrap and are inflated by machines by shippers. The company hopes the new material will appeal to cost-conscious shippers and help it reach new, far-flung markets where e-commerce is booming. Sadly for bubble wrap fans, the new material traps air in columns that don't pop. And welcome to a uh, late night uh, podcast with uh, Square Waves FM. Yeah. I'm your host, Bianca, and here's my co host, Brian, what? aka the chump. <laughs> Not the chump, beep. What does she know, Brian? This. Kajira. Kajirawa. Kajirawa Bianca san. This. This. Oh, you're in it? Bianca san, this. No, it's. When you're introducing yourself, for example, I would say, Watashi wa Bianca des. Oh, that's and right. And then I would say, for introducing you, Kojira wa Brian san desu. Oh, okay. Hi. In other words, you drop the U when you're introducing yourself. Or you're you, drop, you always drop the U. Yeah, we're, we're, we're taking Japanese lessons. We're going to condescend to all of you by speaking in exotic languages Yep. from here on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Japanese lessons. That's pretty cool. We're hoping to visit Japan in two years or less. We've been saving up, and at this rate, we're going to have enough to go to Japan, which is super cool. Yeah. So uh, we sign up for intro to Japanese beginner one lessons. At the uh, Cana- at the Japanese can- Canadian... What is it? The Japanese Canadian Cultural, Cultural Center. Center. Yeah, here in Toronto. And they have all sorts of classes, but we opted to take... The language class, figuring that would be the most useful of all. I mean, yeah, we took martial arts when we were younger, so we're uh, well uh, prepared in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if something just jump out of the shadows that that's when you're visiting, we're at least prepared for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we had a we had a digital copy of the textbook that uh, fell off a truck. It was <laughs> um, it's uh, Japanese for busy people one, the katakana version. They but call it Kana version. Kana version, that's right. But um, the scan that we had, it was like all kind of speckly and splotchy, and it was hard to read, especially on our tablets, and especially when you're trying to keep up in a timely fashion during the class. So we just bought the textbook on Amazon. It was like 26 bucks, and it comes with a, a CD with pronunciations and stuff. And it's good for uh, three of the uh, begin- for all three beginner classes. Yeah, that's right. So we're thinking about taking uh, language classes between now and whenever we decide to go. Mm-hmm. So hey, wish us luck. Yeah. Uh, we. Gilaku. 
What? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I keep forgetting what language I'm supposed to be using. Um, She's learning too many languages at the same time, folks. She's going to go to Japan and speak fucking Dutch or some shit. <laughs> well, you're the one who said, hey, you should talk to the instructor. He speaks Dutch. And I'm, I looked at you and I told you, why would I speak Dutch to one of our instructors in a Japanese language class? Oh, yeah, because one of our instructors is Flemish. So I'm not sure... Do they, they speak Dutch or yeah, they speak Dutch, but Dutch or French or is there a Flemish language? Flemish is a dialect. A dialect of Dutch. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then Walloon would be a French dialect. Okay, because I do remember. Basically, it would be the equivalent of the Quebecois. Walloon. Walloon, yeah, it would be like the, the Walloon would have like their own dialectal equivalent of Quebecois. I mean, people Canadians can speak through the uh, French. Well, if you're coming. Not very Quebec. often. <laughs> Oh, and if they're going to talk about surrendering, they're both on. We're both good for that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Please don't sink our canoe. Bonjour, ya cheesy surrender monkeys. <laughs> okay. What are we talking about? I don't know, but uh, at this rate, we'll put the blue, uh, the blue cups uh, podcast, blue cup tools podcast to shame. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we should actually try and go in some direction here. Oh, yeah, direction. Okay, well, how about we start with a power failure? That's always fun. We had a close call last week. Boy, we had a really, really great episode with with, uh, Edgar Velasco and Robert Menez. Hey, guys. Um, It was awesome having them as a guest on our show. And actually, we were a guest on uh, their show this week, too, the Nostalgia Road Trip. We'll stick a link in the show notes for you. We talked about Alan Rickman. Yep, so if you want to... uh, Listen to Robert not get a whole bunch of uh, words in. Oh, yeah, to that poor one. guy. All he got was like three kazoo beeps. <laughs> and he had to compete against my harmonica. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you were relegated time. to the yes, to the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good time. We'll link you to that. But uh, right after we had them on our podcast last week, um, I'm usually pretty good about uh, pressing stop on Audacity and saving my file. But I guess I was twiddling my thumbs for a little bit, or was I playing Binding of Isaac right after, or something <laughs> I think irresponsible? you might have been playing Binding of Isaac, or at least you, you no, you must have just alt tab because it was almost like four or five minutes right after. It was, and I hadn't yet saved the podcast, and kaboom, all the power went out in our apartment, and then we heard a hubbub in our hallway. And uh, there seemed to be a hundred people in Toronto lost power. Yeah, which is not very much for Toronto. We have what four and but, a half million people. Yeah, but, we have we have yeah. And it was eight. a very small geographic area that lost power, but it was very dense with mm-hmm. uh, residential okay. areas. So ninety two hundred people lost power. It was only for about two and a half hours or yeah, so. Yeah, be I, better than uh, whatever. That would be more people than uh, Ben would be used to. I mean, what does he live in, like Dudlick, Australia? Or Dudlikin. I mean, if we're talking no, about dude, stupid names, at least Kansas and Arkansas are pronounceable. Dudlikin is where he lives. Dudlik is his favorite hobby. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Ben. Hi, Ben. We love you. It's just fun to uh, make fun of all of them when you're not here because they of can't course. do anything about it. We'll make fun of everyone. Hey, listeners, you're all a bunch of turds. <laughs> so, two and a half hours of having absolutely no... Uh, well, I say absolutely no power, but how did we spend this power failure? Um, I had my reading light on, on hand, and I read, um, let's see, I finished reading Library Wars, I finished Volumes 2 and 3, uh, what the hell is the, what the name of, my, of the thing I was reading? Let's just check my... Uh, Another manga? Yeah. Was it um, Arata? No, that's something else I have to finish, and I'm several volumes behind in that one. Here we go, let me check my queue. 
And it is... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, stop. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. World's Greatest First Love. And for those of you wondering, no, I wouldn't recommend you read it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend you watch it unless you're used to Shonen Eye. Oh, smoochy smoochy. Shonen uh, Eye is what, dude smooching? Yeah, be all. As opposed to... I don't remember what the other one is called. Yaoi. No, I mean, what is it when, when chicks Yuri? are smooching? No, but the whatever I. Uh, shoujo I. Shoujo I. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm a more cultured uh, person now. Yeah. Well, I do have some shoujo I over on my shelf. I have two volumes of shoujo I. Good. That's where it belongs, on your shelf. So, <laughs> um, I, yeah, we both, like, just got into bed and picked up our phones and our tablets and all that stuff, and we had, like, the most electronic power failure possible yeah of course i i looked at my phone i'm like i'm out of battery can you plug me in yeah and then i kind of then i said to what <laughs> and then you felt real ashamed you were in the chamber <laughs> of horrors <laughs> yeah because i had to share with you so anyway two and a half hours we were so desperate that we almost went out of the house to see a movie can you and imagine some room, and it would have been romantic too he wanted to see i think it was it was a joy or carol or brooklyn or some other horse such horse shit i don't know one of those uh, chick well, was desperate. Flicks. we were looking you were, at you were uh, willing to go see a chick flick. hey people make fun of him he was going to go see a chick flick we were i also, spared us shut up lady <laughs> we were also uh i was also looking at uh Chinese movies with Cantonese and English subtitles in Scarborough, but uh, just as we were almost ready to uh, consider ourselves fed up with the situation and uh, go actually see a movie, we uh, somebody said, "Let there be light," and we got our we got our power back. So yippity yippity ding dong! Mm -hmm. So I rushed over to my computer and started up Audacity, and oh, miracle of miracles, it uh, saves your file, it caches it to disk or whatever, as you're recording. So we, as far as I know, I didn't even listen to it really, other than my light editing stuff, but as far as I know, last week's show worked. <laughs> yeah, light editing. You used to be so meticulous about editing when it was you and Chris. I was very meticulous about editing for about the first three episodes. We would record for three hours, I would edit for two hours. And uh, you would get I rid don't. of all the uh, breathing in between. <laughs> I would. I I, uh, I have uh, Anatoly to thank for that. Hey, Anatoly. Um, it was his. He, he was the one who told me about highlighting and uh, zeroing out the sounds of breathing for the benefit of like audio fidelity. And I did it for a while. Uh, three hour podcast is a lot of friggin' uh, mouth breathing to censor, but uh, no more. Now you hear us in all of our breathy. <laughs> Our breathy reality. <sighs> yeah, so... <laughs> Excuse me. Good job. Yeah. yeah. You proud of yourself for that? Yeah, you proud of yourself? Yeah, good boy. Oh, he's a good boy. <laughs> anyway... We suffered two more power outages yeah, this fuck. week. But we think it wasn't uh, caused by the city. In this case, we, we live in a much older building than... So I think our building was built in the uh, early 60s, like 1963. Yeah, so, I think so it's heavily reliant on a fuse box as opposed to just a, uh, a breaker. A breaker. So, yeah. so it turns out that uh, one of our fuses went and it's plugged into uh, the computers and they turned off unexpectedly, the poor darlings. Yeah. And so I'm stuck. I'm sitting here going, my computer went off. Did the power go out again? So I'm fumbling around. Get I look over. I'm like, oh, the bathroom lights on. 
Oh, oh, wasn't the first thing you noticed my uh, KRK light on my speaker? Yeah, your ginormous uh, monitors. Yeah, your studio monitors. Yeah, the KRK mm. light didn't go off, but I did. I thought that you know it was just like staying on. But... Oh yeah, didn't I tell you that maybe it discharges slowly or something? Mm-hmm. And so after getting some help from my dad, hi dad. <laughs> hi dad. Um, I got my uh, shit sorted out, but of course it meant that we removed every single fuse and turned off every single light in the process, which reset your alarm clock, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. I figured. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then eventually I got fed up. I couldn't figure out why this wasn't turning on, and then every fuse we tested seemed fine. So eventually I just plug- unplugged it. I uh, eventually looked over at these speakers, and I realized using, you know, computer troubleshooting techniques, hooray, that... Maybe if I plug something into this other outlet, it'll work. So I took the uh, power bar that Brian's computer was plugged into, put it into there, Miracle of Miracles, and booted up. So yeah. then I started plugging in my computer into another power bar that was going into this outlet, and uh, he came home to this nice menage of tangled cables. Biscotti. <laughs> so then the super came, and he replaced our... He replaced our fuse for free, even though it's not their responsibility, which is awfully nice of him, and I do appreciate it. Hi, Sam. Does he listen to our podcast? Probably I don't think not. he knows. Probably not. We have an awesome superintendent. He's such a nice guy, a real gentleman, very, very handy mm-hmm. and talented. We live in a really good building. I'm thankful for that. Well, it helps when the owner of the building lives in the penthouse. Oh, right. The owner. I don't think he's just the owner of the building. I think he's like the owner of a series of buildings or something. Yeah. Really, uh, I don't know what you call that. Anyway. That fixed this up for like a few days, and uh, earlier today we uh, had another kaput, and the, the brand new fuse that he gave us blew. So we figure two computers and a space heater are probably probably don't belong in the same plug. <laughs> so we've distributed those amongst other plugs, and we're gonna go have to we're gonna have to go spend uh, two bucks or some other kind of gigantic splurge on a fuse again. Actually, you can get four fuses for like a few couple of bucks or so. Oh, yeah. My dad said, go to Metro. They start, they have fuses. I'm thinking, Metro. I'm going grocery to go to a store. grocery store to buy a fuse. What in the world we live in? I know. I guess I'll just have to go to home hardware. Hope is close to home. Stupid friggin' slogan gets <laughs> stuck in my head from years of watching friggin' mindless ass TV in the middle of the night with a volume <laughs> on as really low as possible. Turn it off. We're trying to sleep. Well, you're trying to sleep at 10 o'clock at night. We both know what you're really doing in there. Ew. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, what the hell are we talking about again? You are like, you are like Baroness Von Tangent today. I don't know what my problem is. Me neither. I had way too much coffee and caffeine. Oh, what I had? Like three cups with breakfast. Oh, we had a good breakfast today. It was my sister's birthday. Hi, sister. Happy birthday. I don't think she listens. I wonder, but I'm, I imagine somebody knows about this podcast in our family. Uh, yeah, we talked about it over breakfast that we're talking about now. We did? I don't remember. Oh, maybe you were, maybe you were peeing. Yeah, probably. Sounds like something I do. It does, especially because <laughs> of all the coffee we drank. Mm-hmm. Coffee! Yay. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh, we went to like, it was a Persian, a Persian, Persian breakfast uh, brunch buffet. And I had all these unpronounceable delights. Let me go look for it. Mm-hmm. What was that place called? Layla's. Layla's, I think. Layla. 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 Uh, seafood steakhouse. Yeah, that's steakhouse. it. Yeah, that's it. Menu. Pardon us for just looking at a menu while we podcast. It's I not see. like. Okay, so I had. I had. I had. Ooh, we had sausage bandari. 
That was awesome. That was like that was delicious. Sausages, potatoes, peppers, uh, onions. And I don't even some, remember some what sort else. Of tomato sauce. And some kind of a tomato sauce. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a. We had both had lentil soup, adasi. Mm-hmm. That was delicious. You had some. Uh, oh, this is it. Halim. Tur- turkey breast oatmeal. I thought the guy said it was chicken. He did say it was chicken. Maybe it was chicken today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But this was at Halim. It was like a porridge kind of a thing. It was very subtle and kind of bland. You compared it I am to uh, kanji. Yeah, it was like uh, Chinese kanji, which I like and almost nobody else In seems to that I know. Yeah. Well, at least uh, well, you and, you and uh, a billion Chinese people. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> a billion Chinese people can't be wrong. Sure they can. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. This place also served like, Eggs Benedict. And I'm looking at it and it's in a friggin' warming container. It can't be that good. Eggs Benedict? My dad had two of them. He thought it was very good. And his had caviar on it. Fancy. Caviar. I want my roe. I... What's the difference? Different fish? Different fish. What's and... roe from? Salmon? Yes. What's caviar from? Something else. Tuna, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of fish butt? Or it could also be prepared differently. I don't know, but roe takes taste better. Those are better eggs. Mm, Fish eggs. Sure. And, of course, we uh, made uh, good use of everything had... uh, We tried... uh, I I was pretty good, too. I tried almost uh, all the exotic stuff. The only thing I didn't touch with the kanji-like substance, just because I've had... Bad experience eating uh, porridge and porridge like accessories. <laughs> I need substances. <laughs> oh, and you wouldn't try my blueberry banana pancakes. That was so good. And uh, they well, with I cinnamon toast, all this awesome shit. That was and a good besides, bunch. which pancakes aren't dietary compliant. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay, so breakfast was yummy. Breakfast was yummy. Uh, oh, we... hey, before we get too far, you since it's your, oh, yeah. your topic, why don't you say it? Uh, because I should have meant I uh, made a mistake last week. Perhaps I shouldn't have said you know like the third and fifth poster. That was stupid of me. But um, <laughs> we're gonna pick. I'll pick the next one at random. So the first person that the uh, that we that we gave a game to, we gave to Abby. Hi, Ian. Hi, Abby. Hi, Abby. Yep. So I uh, sent him the. Uh, oh the shit! Didn't I? I thought I put his tweet somewhere. We should read his tweet. Yeah. Let me find it. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's easy. Just scroll down. Yeah. So. Gave him the first copy, and that was her story, so he has it. The only other remaining one is Missing. Thrilling. Uh, was it thr- Thrilling or Missing? I don't know. Some really weird title, all in caps, but whoever whoever uh, wants it, it's yours. Oh, wasn't that the French-Canadian episode yeah. one where the very first puzzle is you're chained to a wall and you have to... Unlock yourself with a sliding puzzle. Yeah, you do sliding <laughs> yeah, tiles, you, but hey, both of your hands are restrained. Where, uh, Francisco take influence. Oh, yeah. It'd be inspired by bad puzzles. Hey, yeah, we listened to your podcast today, Ben and Francisco. Hello, fellas. About bad puzzles. And we got so many shout-outs. Yeah. <laughs> and Francisco does a, a badass Dudley Do-Right accent. That's yes, pretty sweet. He's an honorary Canadian. Well, he's honorary, and... If every Canadian's a Mountie, then every Australia Australian is uh, Crocodile Dundee. Oh, yeah. Or how about Steve Irwin? He's like the real Crocodile Dundee. True, except I miss that he guy. Dead. He was the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, Stingrays hated him. Yeah, or at least one did. Mm-hmm. Here's, uh, here's Avi's tweets. Do you want to read it? Sure. He's t right to at Square Waves FM. A childhood... Game I wanted but didn't and didn't get. Mine is big arcade machine. Any arcade machine would have sufficed. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Did you Must- ever play arcade machines? 
as a kid? Uh, rarely. Can you, if you had one arcade machine, can you think of one you'd want? Columns. <laughs> Columns. That did look good in the arcade, actually. It had good graphics. Yeah. I should take you sometime to Get Well Bar, which is the first place I met Joe Mastriani. Hi, Joe. Um, they have a few arcade machines there and pinball machines, all on free play, including uh, Tetris Arcade. Awesome. And I think the joysticks actually worked, which is such a rare treat. Mm -hmm. That was a cool. That was a cool place. Yeah. Um, we already did that. Mm -hmm. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I meant to. Uh, I meant to mention this last week, except uh, except uh, Edgar and Robert are a couple of chatterboxes, and I don't think there was like a moment of dead air in our two hours. Uh, yeah, I think they kind of just hijacked it. I would say I. Well, hijacked, hijacked it together. would be a nice way of putting it. They took it. It went so off the rails. It's still walking through Siberia. Well, it was all nostalgic, and that was basically their our our theme. We just. Did we? I don't even know if we mentioned a single thing on our list. We'll cover our lists today if we have time. Yeah. But uh, two weeks ago, uh, I was uh, giving props to uh, people who successfully finished their projects, and I rightfully recognized uh, Francisco Gonzalez. I also this week realized after listening to Blue Cup Tools that uh, last week, I was reminded just how many free indie projects that Ben Chandler has. Uh, release too. I kind of forgot because Ben sort of let his he like lost his hosting of all of his old uh, of all of his old uh, projects, and so it's been a while since I've seen those games of him. I only played one or two of them, and I had every intention of playing more, but I never kind of got around to it. So Ben is a very accomplished guy, and he's a a, a go getter who knows how to start and uh, complete a project and kind of reflect on it. If you're not listening to the Blue Cup Tools podcast, you really ought to be, because they talk a lot about uh, the process of working on various uh, game-related projects, including art. What else we got? Uh, I think that's it for this. Uh, no, we still got lots of shit. I mean, I think that's it for uh, our shout-outs, unless we have any. No. I think that's it for our shout-outs. Okay, we got a couple. Oh, 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 oh. oh. We want oh. to send. Uh, uh, we want to send a get well soon to trolls who uh, uh, had a he had a, di hell, a date with a cheese grater or something like that. How the hell does anyone fall into a ditch? I think, Actually, I think he, he would have made a perfect protagonist for any of my stories. Oh, <laughs> I know. Trolls is the protagonist to ninety nine percent of every of fan fiction I stories? ever wrote. Where someone wakes up in a ditch. In a ditch. <laughs> no kidding. Well, I think he kind of bounced off something and wound up in the ditch or something. I don't know. We'll have to get the, the real story from him. Get him on, get him to uh, narrate the of uh, my next story. How he wound up in the ditch. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I can't help it. He's living whatever whatever else is written. Written. When in doubt, stuck your character in a ditch. What? Well, that's what you get for using a voodoo doll of trolls as a keyboard. I guess. <laughs> so we wish you very well, trolls. Hope that you have a, an easy, speedy recovery. It's a it's a shame. Um. Speaking of trolls, then he he left us uh, two weeks ago. Oh my gosh! Did he leave us like the ultimate behemoth of voicemails? He so you didn't uh, tap it onto the end of last week's episode. No, I didn't. I'm going to uh, have a link to download it in this week's show notes, and I'll I'll listen to it at least this week. You're welcome to as well. What he did was. Uh, this was a response to our episode about uh, books and other media that did not exist as a video game and how we would design it as a video game. And so Trolls um, had like a design document or at least a very fleshed out 
idea for uh, an adventure game based on the comedy series Red Dwarf, which seems like something that he'd be into as well. You and I tried to watch Red Dwarf. I forget why it was that we couldn't get into it. Mm, I, don't I don't remember. remember. I don't know. I don't know. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'll check it out. I'm not oh, really that lack familiar of subtitles. With oh, lack of subtitles. That's right. That's right. We saw it on Netflix, and even they didn't have subtitles. That was very surprising. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too familiar with the universe, but I'm going to check it out and listen to it, and then we can talk a little bit about it next week. I encourage you all, if you're interested as well, to click the link in our show notes and uh, check out his 17-minute extravaganza. And then he turns around and suggests an experiment to Brian. Yes, he does. And why don't we, since we're on the topic, mm-hmm. take care of that right now. Oh, my gosh. His experiment. He oh. sort of, he kind of uh, retconned and reneged and apologized for his 17-minute show, which was like, or his 17-minute comment, which was like right uh, timed perfectly with us trying to cut down the length of our shows. So do you want to, do you remember what his experiment was? Oh, Yeah. Over the next 12 weeks, he's going to send us 12 files, each one sentence long. No, he's going to send us one file each week. He's going to send us one sentence a week for 12 weeks, which apparently won't necessarily make sense until all 12 weeks are up. So, trolls, uh, what the fuck? What the fuck? I think, you know, he might have really hit his head when he fell into that ditch. Yeah, that's the damnedest thing. He thought of this before he hit his head. He did? Maybe he's just got, like, a magnetic head that bashes into things. And, I don't know. Let's, let's listen to a sentence. Oh, boy. In the annals of recorded history, one controversial fact has remained a certainty forever which I will relate for you in the coming episodes, and for which you should definitely stay tuned. Uh. Blink. Um. Blink. Well, that was ominous. Oh, let's, allow me to reiterate. Trolls, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, I look forward to this. This is interesting. That is, that's officially the least amount of trolls I have ever consumed in one sitting. Wait a minute. Can I rephrase that? That came out all nope, wrong. No, we're keeping that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that was interesting, but ominous. I'm now intrigued by this idea. <laughs> Initially, I was all, you know, in, engaged in a whole bunch of what the fuckery. But now this is, I'm, I'm curious to see what he's uh, come up with. Oh, good. And you and, and I have officially the- traded stances on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all pre-him, all pre-Chos uh, smashing his head into a ditch. <laughs> yes. At least this time. I don't know how many smashings he made. I didn't, even know, he made I didn't even know Denmark had ditches. I thought it was, you know, just a bunch of, you know, pastries everywhere. Mmm, Danish. <laughs> what else are we talking about? Let's see. Ooh. Oh, um, we can talk about my sound card. Oh, yeah. You guys want to talk about my sound card? Let's talk about my sound card. Okay, Bianca and I have the same sound card. The it's an awesome sound card. It's, it's good. It's fine. But it is good. This is what is it? The Sound Blaster Z? Yep. Is that all it's called? Yes, yeah, Sound Blaster Z. And yes, Sound Blaster Z. Z Z Z Z Z. For all you for all you uh, insufferable Yankees, it's Z. It'll never be Z. It's Z. You done? Z. <laughs> Z's dead, baby. Yeah, you probably don't remember that from 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 Pulp Fiction. Anyway, um what are we talking about? Sound Blaster Z. <laughs> So, uh, for whatever reason, I, um, when I would run some games 
in uh, full screen, I would sometimes hear some kind of a feedback from my speakers, a really kind of low-key, high-pitched sound. And based on like the intensity of the picture or the colors being shown on my monitor, I would hear a different sound of like a different volume. It was always kind of quiet, but I couldn't unhear it. It was distracting. So, uh, and even when I pressed the mute button on my keyboard, I would still hear it from my speakers. So I figured it was either my sound card or my motherboard, or maybe it's like magnetic, lack of magnetic shielding from my monitor or something like that. Cause my mon my speakers are next to my monitor. I don't know. Um, one thing that came to mind was that my sound card is a PCI Express 1X slot, which is like a very, very short little uh, slot that plugs into the motherboard. Uh, I had always wondered, but was never sure, whether you could plug a PCI Express 1X card into anything but a 1X slot. Motherboards, modern motherboards often have a 1X slot, um, at least one 16X slot, usually for the video card. Sometimes if you have an SLI card, or a Crossfire card, you have multiple 16x slots, and then maybe there's different ones too. I forget if they're 4x or 8x, which are like half the width. So I had mine plugged into the only 1x slot on my motherboard, which happened to be right next to my video card, which outputs a lot of heat, and I didn't know if it had some sort of like a magnetic resonance or some kind of electrical attenuation or something that might have impacted the uh, might have impacted the quality of the sound. I figured. If my video card is generating the picture and certain pictures make the sound card act funny, then maybe it was like some kind of electrical interference or attenuation or something like that. So I tried moving my sound card from my 1X slot for the first time into a different 16X slot, which worked pretty well. I unplugged it. I plugged it back in. I booted up fine. I had sound. I had to actually uninstall and reinstall my sound drivers because it uh, got confused. But that wasn't a big deal. It just took a couple of reboots. And you also and you also uh, tried uh, your default sound trip, which is all muffled and horrible. I'm getting to that woman. <laughs> um, I didn't try that. Yeah, I didn't try that until later. My onboard. That was another troubleshooting thing. Mm -hmm. But when I plugged it into my 16x slot. Um, it all, all the software worked. The system was stable. It made sound, and it was equal uh, volume between the left and right channels. But everything sounded a little bit hollow, like there was something missing. It kind of sounds like when you have a surround sound system, but no center channel. It sort of comes out of like the sides of your head, but there's nothing to kind of fill in the middle. I don't really have the vocabulary to describe this, but perhaps you know what I mean. Sometimes when you plug your uh, audio cable like most of the way, but not all the way into your sound card or into uh, a CD player or your phone or something. You kind of get that hollow sound as well. But I ah, triple checked. It, yeah, because it's a multi, it's like instead of be, you only get like one channel instead of both channels. Yeah, that's right. Because I believe the way your cable, your your eighth inch mini jack works is that there's like a narrow part and a wider part and the narrow part is like the left channel and the wider part is the right channel. So if you don't push it all the way in, then you lose one channel or you only get part of one channel or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so I couldn't figure out what the heck the problem was with it. And I tried taking it out and reseeding it into the motherboard. I tried unplugging the cable and plugging it back in and made sure none of the cables were next to my, uh, uh, the electrical cords or uh, power bar or anything like that. I adjusted my speakers, all this kind of stuff, and it still sounded like that no matter what. Um, then I plugged in my cable into my uh, onboard 
on motherboard uh, sound chip, which is something I would only do if I'm desperate. And I was thinking to myself, maybe it's not so bad. And I plugged it in. It sounded really flat with like no high end whatsoever. It sounded horrible. There's no way that I could have, uh, I, I could stand that, but it was good to test because my speaker sounded fine in that. So obviously it was something to do with my sound card. So I just pulled out my sound card and I put it right back into the one X slot again. And it sounded great. And in fact, it sounded better than it did before. So I'm not sure if the sound card just needed to be reseated in that one X slot or if it was the product perhaps of my sound card getting too hot from being adjacent to my video card, it doesn't have the uh, fans blowing on it. It's on the other side of the video card, but it's kind of in proximity to it. Sorry about that. My phone and my watch just buzzed and gone. <laughs> uh, is my tablet want to chime in? Okay, no? No. Nope. That's fine. So anyway, that's the story of my sound card. It all works. Not only does it work okay now, it actually sounds better than it has in a long time. So I don't know what, I don't know why, but that's cool. That's my sound card. Yay. Um, 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 um. Oh, I wanted to mention uh, one quick thing about Google Play Music, which is the streaming uh, the streaming music service that we use. It's similar to Spotify or Apple Music or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, one, though, probably the only thing that I liked better about Spotify than Google Play Music was that Spotify had a native Windows client that lets you uh, listen to music independently of your uh, web browser. Unfortunately, Google Play Music, while it does have HTML5 uh, support on the Chrome browser, for some reason it is dependent on Flash in any other browser. I guess it's anything with the WebKit rendering engine. It will use HTML5. But in Firefox, it relies on Flash. And I'm not sure if it's a Flash issue or an integration between Flash and Firefox, but there's a memory leak. So the longer you have Flash open in a tab, the more uh, memory gets consumed by your browser, and it goes like upwards of a gig and a half of RAM, and it shouldn't. Be, it should be much less than that. So, listening to Google Play Music in Firefox for an hour or two makes your web browser like very, very, very slow, which is not acceptable. So, finally, I found this awesome free open source project, which is a Windows uh, client for Google Play Music. And it's brilliant. It's basically, I think it's just basically a web browser inside of a container, but it supports my media keys on my keyboard and everything. It works on my work Windows 7 PC and it works on my home Windows 10 PC. So I'm really happy with it. Um, so I'll uh, put a link to that in the show notes. It's really great. Um, and it also has built-in last.fm integration, which I love. I still rely on that um, to uh, track the, my, the, the music that I listen to. I don't know if I've ever linked that. I will link my last.fm profile in the show notes as well so you can uh, follow me or friend me or whatever and see what I listen to. And then make fun of him later on because he listens to such horrible shit. I do not listen to horrible shit. Let's see. What did I listen to last? I have I have um, metrics and statistics and stuff on last.fm. DJ Qbert, the invasion, invasion of the octopus people. Oh, DJ Qbert. No, oh, oh. What was that album called? That that album had the funniest name. DJ Qbert, for those who don't know, I think he is Portuguese by uh, ethnicity, but he's an American turntablist DJ, like a uh, DJ, a scratch DJ. He's probably the most talented scratch DJ to ever live. He is such a good scratch artist. He's really an idol of mine, a real hero of mine. When I was teaching myself how to do turntablism on my touch MIDI controller, which sort of emulates the surface of a record with like a 
uh, I forget what it's called, electric, uh, electrical, whatever. It, like your your finger completes an electrical, uh, a series of electrical cir- circuits on the surface of this thing. I think it's the same technology uh, as on the front of the PlayStation Four controller, the, the touch sensitive stuff. Um, 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 what's the name of this album? It had a really funny name. Oh, here it is. Wave Twisters Episode 7 Million, Sonic Wars Within the Protons. <laughs> That's the name of his album. And it has all these awesome song names. Destination Quasar 16.33.45.78. Invasion of the Octopus People. Inner Space Dental Commander. <laughs> this guy is the fucking shit. I love DJ Qbert. He is an incredibly talented guy. I'm gonna put a I'll put a link to him in the show notes too, just so that you can see the the, the depths of his insanity and incredible talent. Uh, you poor people. Hey, at least I'm not putting it at the end of the episode. I did you as you know, my darling, I did put Venetian snares at the end of the last episode, despite your protestations. So Neener Neener, you wanna pick the song at the end of this week's show? I could, but you probably won't like what I pick. Yeah, well, you, you... Don't worry, I won't put, you, um... I give you veto powers. You can put whatever you want this week. Oh, good, so I can put Metal Opera? <laughs> put frickin' Metal Opera if you want to, if you want to torture or what few <laughs> loyal listeners we may have left. Okay, fine, I'll do something nicer. Do whatever you want. Uh, what else we got? I don't know, um... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My goodness, did we actually... Oh! One last thing, I'll do. I'm going to do this next week. This other thing next week. Okay. One last thing I want to mention is where to go. Oh yeah, I don't know if they're going through with this, but Sony put in a, a bid to trademark the term "Let's Play." So fuck off, Sony. What the hell? I thought you couldn't trademark words or anything like that or phrases. I I don't know. It is a very colloquially used phrase in this day and age. If they trademark Let's Play, like, what are all the Let's Play YouTube videos supposed to do about it? That is just pure evil. True, that is but evil. Uh, if the uh, upload date predates the uh, copyright, they can claim that they were using it first, even if I'm pretty sure there's some sort of grandfathering. If they... Yeah, prior art, it's called. Yeah. Does that apply to non-commercial usage? I would hope so. Even still, that is so stupid. It's very stupid. I mean, come on. It's a multi-billion dollar company. Doesn't they have something better to do than to take away, than to put a trademark on something as common as uh, Let's Play? I mean, what's next? You know, you're talking to friends, you say, let's play this game. What's, what's Tony's lawyers going to do? Come along and slap you with a lawsuit for, for saying those words without paying them royalties? I think so. They're like a bunch of turd sandwiches, those Sony people. <laughs> Nuts to them. <laughs> Are we forgetting anything? Oh, uh, Troll sent us a tweet two days ago um, in response to something that, oh yeah, we had asked people whether they were familiar with South, whether they watched South Park and whether they were familiar with that Spirit of Christmas, very their first uh, published video on the internet. Oh no, he wasn't, Mr. Hanky wasn't in that. Oh, he wasn't? No, he didn't come till a few seasons later. Spirit of Christmas was with Santa versus Jesus and they have like a Street Fighter uh, hand-to-hand combat thing. I'll uh, I'll put that in the show notes too. Oh. It's been too long since I've watched that. Yeah. The spirit of Christmas South Park. So trolls tweeted to us. This was interesting. My first exposure to South Park was an MP3 of the Spirit of Christmas. Even without visuals, it was still hilarious, and it would have been too. 
that's really cool because that came out in the day and age where uh, internet was really slow and not everyone had uh, broadband. Maybe even a minority of people had broadband. Other people had dial-up and AOL and stuff like that. So it was a luxury to be able to download any video whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the videos were like 200 by 150 pixels. Oh, uh, but, but then again, we had like really shitty last monitors, so it wasn't a big deal. It's true. So it's especially cool that he got an MP3 version because I guess that's an alternative for people that didn't even want to download as much as that. So that's very cool. Thanks for sharing that with us, Trolls. Yep. I don't remember my first one, but I do remember it was pretty early. I think like season four or five for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember watching. I remember watching South Park. At there was a rave club that I used to go to every. Fr- I guess it would have been Fridays. I think it was on the new episodes were on Friday nights at that time. Yeah, and so. Um, this awesome rave club, it was called the Big Bop. You and I went there once. We went there a few times when we were dating. Did we go a few times? Like, that place was really cool because the downstairs is this big dance floor area with a bar and there's all these hangout areas with couches and stuff. And upstairs was another concert venue, but at the time it just had couches and coffee tables and this great big projection television. And so... All these uh, all these ravers would uh, spend you know thirty or forty five minutes prior uh, getting various uh, supplies that they would need for the night and <laughs> uh, and uh, consume various supplies and then while they were waiting for that to uh, to uh, take effect we would all watch South Park together and uh, the show got more confusing by the end. <laughs> that was a very peculiar situation to be watching South Park, but that was part of my introduction to the show. But before that, I did see the Spirit of Christmas video and, on my friend's uh, broadcast. part of your introduction to anime included uh, similar circumstances. No, I, 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 you're talking about when we watched Toshigi Yugi together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't really my introduction to anime. I've been watching anime with my high school friends. Mm-hmm. A few of them, anyway. Movies, never series. Yeah, true. But you, you and I did watch Toshigi Yugi in an interesting state. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, a very incriminating episode. I love it. I know. Not that anyone's going to know what we did. I mean, for all they know. Well, we, they do now. <laughs> we could have been, you know, licking cinnamon off the floor. Guys, we were licking cinnamon off the floor. Okay? Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Sweet, psychedelic cinnamon. <laughs> uh, did we really play anything this week? Not worth mentioning. I mean, we play this. Stu- talk about this stuff. Uh, talk about the top one. This is Anatoly's gift to the world, reminding everybody that this exists. And I played it last week or two weeks ago, and you played it. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, DOS game, first DOS game I played Mages, uh, Rockstar. Rockstar by Wizard. Yep. I forget Wizard Publishing or something. Wizard Games. And of course, first thing that comes to mind when I played Rockstar is the Nickelback song about it. And Brian got all. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I was just singing my favorite rock uh, Nickelback song. <laughs> but yeah, interesting game. I like the concept of Rockstar. It uh, did it remind you of Princess Maker Two, kind of. It did. But with uh, no, with no, in the only graphics was just this uh, psychedelic flashing screen whenever you took your uh, various amphetamines and uh, hallucinogens. Yeah, they have like hallucinogenic marijuana in that game, don't they? Yeah. And it's all like text mode stuff, which is really amusing. They're like text mode animations. And- yeah, I had to. It would, I was running in DOSBox, and I had to turn my cycles down to like five thousand just to get it to run at a reasonable rate. Oh yeah, that's right. Yours defaulted to like forty thousand cycles or something. And this game was from when was this game from? I think like the late eighties. Just oh. looking it up on Moby Games very quickly. Eighty. Rockstar, nineteen eighty nine. 
Hmm. Yeah, so you're, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it was running too fast, and some of the sounds weren't playing correctly. The PC speaker sounds weren't playing correctly, yep. and uh, these were going too fast. So we slowed you down, and it's a cool game, huh? We both got our asses kicked, though. I got. I lasted longer than you. You lasted way longer than me, but you played on number two difficulty out of five. I played and the the second time anyway. I played on number three a couple of times. I didn't make it very far. Yep. So the game's all about taking the right amount of drugs. Yep. Because drugs like lower your health but increase your creativity. Yeah, that's and what I was you, trying to do. Is just find the right amount of drugs to take, which I had going for a while. Oh, I tried taking absolutely no drugs, and you have no creativity, and nobody goes to your shows. I kept doing doing show after show, and no one would ever come. So take your drugs, kids. Yeah, you'll, really. You'll never I, make it. Yeah, I used. I tried to focus on uh, stuff I knew would be less likely to kill me. Mm-hmm. I I tried that too. I tried like LSD and marijuana and nothing else, and I died in the hospital. Hmm. So I don't know how realistic. Although that I stuff did, is. Try, I tried, I did the dry out thing just to keep myself going occasionally. So I uh, sobered up for a while. Yeah, didn't you like die in rehab or something? No, I didn't die in rehab. I died coming out of rehab trying to. Uh, <laughs> Would you like get hit by a bus? Yeah. That'd be a bitch. I'm clean! <laughs> yeah, the sidewalk isn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what else they pay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to, I decided to go back and take and take a look at my Find the Shit game. <laughs> so from this, this week's selection, we have Abyss, The Race of Eden. Um, you can't hear this on the podcast, but I'm making a face, people. <laughs> What's funny is the first thing you do is it kind of reminded me of uh, Bioshock when you go into the underground when you're going to Rapture. Yeah, it does look like that underwater kind of a thing, doesn't it? Yep. Underwater. But art, art other than that, style. there's actually there's no similarities. It's basically you're finding this shit and making shit work as opposed to shooting the shit, which is what you do in Bioshock. Mm-hmm. And finally at the bottom was Diablo 3. We wrote ourselves our new seasonal characters. Yeah, a new for, season of Diablo 3. Yeah, season 5. Have and, we described what a season is in Diablo yet? I don't think so. But, you want to give them a refresher? Okay, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, Diablo has uh, Diablo 3 has three types of characters. Regular character, which you can play in any uh, difficulty. Hardcore, which you can play in any difficulty. Any difficulty with the... With the caveat that your that once your character dies, you can't play with that character anymore. Permadeath, yeah. Yeah, and the third mode is called seasonal. The idea behind seasonal is uh, used is uh, it lasts for a few months, and this character you start from scratch with no inventory, nothing. Yeah, you can't reap the benefits that you've collected on your other characters. Like you don't have access to your shared inventory from your other characters. Mm-hmm. No gold, no nothing. You you basically start from scratch. And you're just a wee little uh, dingleberry. Or, yeah, dingleberry walking through this world, hoping to be the hero. So we rolled our characters. We're all, and the max level is seventy. We're right now seven, uh, sixty-seven. Yay! We're almost there. Yeah, that didn't take long. Mm-hmm. The first time I played Diablo three, right when it first came out, I finished the whole campaign and I was like level thirty-four or something. Yeah. Right now we're barely halfway through and we're almost level seventy, which is the max level. Mm-hmm. They ch- they really made it easier to get experience. Well, then again, they it also doesn't require that uh, you go through you make you go through each play you play through each difficulty in order to uh, pick your next level of difficulty. If we haven't said it before, Diablo three is so good. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, we sure, you can play Torchlight 2, but it's just not the same. It's very good, too. Oh, it's it's good, a different kind of a game. Just, I like that. It has mod support, and you can play it offline without being connected to the internet. 
But That's the biggest crime of Diablo 3 is that even a single-player game relies on you being constantly connected to the internet. That's mm -hmm. a real shame. It is, but it does have – but it is otherwise really good. Just looking it up. Oh, Diablo 3 is 20 bucks now. Actually, and uh, if you want both of them together, they're uh, 40 So basically, it doesn't matter if you buy them individually or together. Yeah, the expansion pack. They're working on another expansion pack for Diablo 3, huh? They are. I wouldn't, I'm not surprised. The game seems to be doing pretty well. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think there was... I think there's only one expansion pack for Diablo 2. Diablo 1... I think Diablo 1 only had one... Maybe it had two expansion packs, but one of them was, like, non-canonical. It was made... The, the original game, interestingly enough, it was made by Blizzard, but one of the expansion packs, they farmed off to Sierra, which is very peculiar. I think it was called Hellfire, Diablo 1 Hellfire. I didn't really play that, but I played yeah, the hell Yeah, but you have the uh, war chest. Thanks which to my you. Dad, yeah, that was a hell of a birthday present from yeah. what, you and your dad, right? Uh, my dad. He was like, what can I get him? I'm like, get him the Diablo war chest. That was so nice. I think the Diablo... I forget if it was both Diablos or just Diablo. It was yeah, it was both one and two. Oh, that's so cool! And you can uh, put the CD key into Battle.net, and uh, you have access to the downloadable version too. So that was such a nice present. Yeah, I want. I wish I had my War Chest of Warcraft too. That was so cool. They sell it on. Uh, don't they sell it on uh, the the Blizzard store? Probably, but I, I wish do. I had my. I'm just wishing I had the my War Chest. From uh, 1997. The physical box, you mean? Yeah, I had the box and everything. It was so cool. Oh, they only sell Warcraft 3 and its expansion. That didn't really do it for you, did it? No, I liked the original one. Had better voices, better everything. I mean, the uh, don't get me wrong, Warcraft Three: Frozen Throne is one of my is has is some of my favorite lore. It also leads into my favorite uh, work World of Warcraft expansion, uh, uh, Wrath of the Lich King. You have better voices. Most of the voices, I believe, in Warcraft One Were and Two. Chris Metzen. Uh, I oh. think he did some of the voices. Most of them were from another guy called uh, named Bill Roper. Oh yeah, one of those two. Basically, they all. It's all. It's basically a lovely combination of Zug Zug and there's something neat doing. Maybe yeah. Metzen did the orcs. I think Bill Roper did the humans. Yeah. But they very but the peons and peasants sounded very derpy. Mm hmm They're so which, cute. And that was the game that actually led to peasants the peasants squishing. Yes, my lord. Yes, my lord. Oh man. I gotta find uh PC gamer linked to um the Warcraft movie, but with nothing but Warcraft two sounds dubbed over the uh the uh, actual audio. Oh, that was so stupid. I'll find it. It was cute. It was very stupid. Warcraft and Warcraft 2 could be resurrected for modern computers. It could? Oh. Two years and two months ago. Mm. That's a big could. Hmm. I'll find it. Whatever. I won't look now. I'll find it. It was cute. <laughs> yeah. Sounds. But yeah, I wish I had my war chest. My war chest was awesome. It came with a really good manual. I mean, it, the manual was uh, black and white, but I mean... It was like awesome manual. It was for I I came with Warcraft, Warcraft Two, Dark Portal, and uh, Warcraft Two uh, Rising Tide or something. Was yeah, Tides of War was it? Yeah, I had both. I had all three. I didn't play the first one, but I played the uh, for the next, the second two. Um, that reminds me, you ought to one of these days. You haven't listened to an episode of Upper Memory Podcast yet, Umbo. <laughs> the, he uh, Joe did an episode about the Warcraft series, and he talks a lot about the lore and about the manuals and stuff like that. I think you'd enjoy it. It would make you nostalgic for 
one of the few games that he covers that that you played extensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has a great show. He sure as hell puts ours to shame. His is so it's so structured and organized, and he puts research into it and True, stuff. But and, didn't you say that uh, Blue Cup Tools puts uh, makes ours look structured and organized? Yes, there's a whole hierarchy of how structured your podcast may or may not be. But the Blue Cup Tool guys, yeah, I guess our structure is pretty similar because they kind of shoot the shit and then they talk about what they played and they cover do their main topic. So we just yeah, pilfered all that all that good stuff from whatever works. Yep, so uh, I guess so. we mentioned Diablo 3, which we've been playing as our seasonals, and we're almost max level. So we've been playing together. I'm playing a monk, and he has a barbarian. He, Brian or G didn't like barbarian for some reason. He couldn't get into it. But I guess they must have changed it enough that it feels like it's a useful class now. Yeah, I don't know if it was... I don't know if I'm just more experienced at the game or what. The, um, Diablo 3, unlike the previous Diablos, you can change your character's specs and skills very easily. Mm-hmm. In the previous ones, you would put points, like uh, irrefundable points, unrefundable points into different skills, and if you didn't like the skills you picked, then tough shit, you just kill that character and start all over from the very beginning. So, um, whereas in Diablo 3, at any point, you can change any of your skills, and the skills all have six modifiers, and yeah, you can change runes. runes, and you can change those modifiers almost at will. The only time you can't change a modifier is if you're in the middle of fighting. Otherwise, you can change your character a hundred times, uh, and it's great. It's really great. It, it uh, encourages experimentation and strategy, and encourages you to find synergies between different skills. And find synergies between uh, classes if you're playing in a group. Like, like we've been playing the entire time together, so we've been trying to find synergies for our two ca- for our two race for our two classes. Yeah, that's right. So you're doing Healy stuff, and I'm doing uh, absorption stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really neat. Um, yeah, the occasional I get I hear the occasional fuck, so I have to I pop my uh, shield that covers us both. I love the occasional fuck. <laughs> the look I'm getting from you. <sighs> you. What else I'm going to sleep on the balcony tonight in your underpants. No. I didn't know how mean Canadian winters are. This one's going to wall up your, your white hide, I tell you what. <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. I don't know. You're too lovable. What else did you play this week? Is that it? Uh, yeah, that's it. Right click your Steam icon. Are you forgetting anything? I doubt it. I mean, let's see. Uh, no. Oh, you don't have your history on there. Oh, you should do what I did. Um, In the options, you can... You can um, turn off some of the things that show up on your Windows jump list when you right-click the icon on your taskbar, mm-hmm. and that makes room for your last uh, played games. See mine? Oh, yeah. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'll never click on the ju- on the jump list. Like, I don't care to go to my settings by right-clicking the taskbar, mm-hmm. etc. I use my jump list a lot because if I'm playing a game, I probably want to play one of the last games I played. That's true. But I see games, when I right-click my Steam jump list, I see games that I played. It shows the last, like, five games that I played, and I see games that I played from two weeks ago. So that's somehow how little time for gaming I've had this week. I don't think it's a lack of time. I think it's just, you know, you've been sticking to one or two games. Plus, we've been playing Diablo almost every day. Yeah, we've been watching more movies and stuff, too. Uh, yeah, didn't we watch uh, Child... Childhood's End on uh, Show Me? Yeah, let's talk about Childhood's End a little. That's based on an Arthur C. Clarke uh, novel, a short one. I think it's less than 200 pages. 
But they and managed to turn it into uh, like a six five hour, hours. Yeah, six hour miniseries. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It's a three part uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the book when I read it ten or fifteen years ago or so. I really, really loved it. It's packed a lot of like profound, cool what if stuff into a very sci fi kind of a story in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the six hour miniseries somehow didn't even feel padded. Mm-hmm. I think because they elaborated on the characters and gave them a, and gave them a purpose, so they weren't just filler. Or uh... I think so. I think they broke some. I, as I recall, and I barely recall because it was a long time ago. I think things that happened to multiple protagonists in this miniseries may have happened to just one protagonist in the book. But it was it was really really cool. That's a that's a basically that book is about uh, Earth is visited by aliens. And it's kind of ambiguous about whether they are uh, benevolent or malevolent. And they uh, have a very heavy hand in the near future, like the the next few decades of human history. And they dramatically change uh, mankind. They uh, end all war. They end all hunger. They they, um, dismantle, humanity dismantles all of their militaries. Mm-hmm. And um, and, pe- and uh, people and uh, people feeling safe spread out and yeah they end poverty they end homelessness it's like a golden age of mankind where it's like the way that uh, I play civilization no military just uh, knowledge and agriculture and uh, and um, uh, diplomatic relations and stuff like that yeah same the way I played except eventually I get to a point where I'm sick of Alexander Napoleon and, and, and Gandhi, Gandhi, Gandhi breathing down my neck so I yeah. So I uh, make so I just set a station. I uh, take the option to uh, have a uh, few. Uh, oh, the killbots. Yeah, a few killbots, and I set and I stick them on the uh, worthless remains of these like. <laughs> oh no, they're like Renaissance age civilizations, and yeah, I'm like, like spearmen and horsemen and stuff. And yeah. you're a pacifist until you have the killbots. Exactly, and it's like screw you guys. I'm walking over your cities. Speaking of which, I believe is it. I think it's on now. The humble bundle. Uh, there's a civilization humble bundle or a yeah. Meyer humble bundle. Let me take a quick look at that. Yeah, for, the for, humble Firaxis bundle. XCOM Enemy Unknown, Sid Meier's Pirates, Ace Patrol, and Civ 3 are oh, $1 or more. Civ 3. I played it so much. I love it too, but it's hard to go back to. Oh, I know. When I'm in for it at its time, I loved it. Me too. That was the one that introduced uh, cultural borders, and you could win a cultural oh. victory with uh, <laughs> Forget. I could, music. I could just culture bomb that. No, music? The one who played with the music, that was that was four. Oh, what kind of culture this, was it? This one was you oh, said the guy, like, and then you just went... Blorp, and you took over their borders. In some cases, I used to take over cities. I was so OP. I loved that. Yeah, a city would switch over from their country to yours because they were so influenced by your culture. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Oh. You can be aggressive. Uh, you can be aggressive, but without uh, killing anyone. I love mm-hmm. that. You could basically win them over with kindness and uh, and just be so refined that these uh, these. I don't know how to put these uncultured barbarians just bow to you because ooh shiny music ooh you have a CD that was neat so for one buck you get that Civ 3 and Pirates and XCOM and Ace Patrol for ten bucks you get Civ 4 Civ 5 Sid Meier's Spaceships I don't even know what that is and some XCOM DLC and then for fifteen bucks you also get Civilization Beyond Earth which you did not like most people didn't like Mm -hmm. 
and 33% off Sid Meier's Civilization Beyond Earth Rising Tide DLC, which I guess is upcoming or just came out. Mm -hmm. I, I asked Bianca recently, should I pay the 15 bucks to get Beyond Earth? Because I don't need almost any of the other stuff. I already have most of that. And she said, no, that it's not even worth it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if they fixed it, so so. So you have to have a fighting chance because if you, it was just so ridiculously impossible to get started, even on the uh, easier difficulties when you're first learning. Like when you first start out in these games, you're, you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably going to start on Chief or Settler mm -hmm. just to like, get the, the gist of it. But it was almost way too difficult on uh, Settler. I have to wonder whether they balanced it out or, or what. I mean, we have to remember that we've been playing Civilization games for like at least a decade. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of that we kind of inherently know. We sort of know some things about the next one even that hasn't even come out yet because we've, we're have we so familiar. Whereas this one was kind of all new in many different ways. And you you have to kind of learn it from the ground up. True, but I mean, you had to wait a hundred turns for some of the most basic stuff to be able to mm. do anything. Is that just because you didn't, uh, could that be because you didn't optimize your production or your research or something? No, or? that was the first thing out of the door that you would have a hundred turns. Oh, man. In, in Civilization Five, even first, even when you first started, the most you ever had to wait, the most number of turns would be like twenty five, mm, twenty five yeah. or thirty. Well, and, that, and then and then even then the turns went down as your population went up. Because your population true. didn't even go up for like the first ten turns that you had a city, it would be stagnant, mm -hmm. and then it would become a town, and then you would get the production. Well, that game is kind of percolating in my head. I'll think about whether I pick it up. I may or may not. I'm sure we'll see it for less than fifteen bucks because. That was an unfortunate flop for for Axis. One of the only flops that they've ever had. Yeah. There's a really good uh, interview with Sid Meier in the latest uh, PC Gamer magazine episode, the USA one. Mm -hmm. But it's probably in the UK one as well. But he talks about. There was my favorite question in that interview was, um, they have a different lead designer for every Civilization game, and is that a conscious decision? And Sid's uh, response was yes and no. Um, yes, because uh, he says when he made Civilization 1, it did very well, and he poured his heart into it. And when Civilization 2 came out, uh, or no, sorry, when, when he was asked to make Civilization 2, his response was, I put all my best ideas into Civilization 1. Do you want me to put my bad ideas into Civilization 2? Of course, the answer is no, so they found another lead designer to iterate upon it. And it was a slightly better game. It was very similar, as True, I recall. But uh, how much of a role did he have in it? That's what I'd be curious. Probably about. a pretty big role. Yeah, but I he think he's a programmer, and he also did some tangential design stuff and some like finer points mm -hmm. of the design. But he didn't do like the grand design. That was up to somebody else. Every civilization kind of adds one or two major new features and uh, and uh, centers it around mm -hmm. those ideas. So he said that's the yes part of the answer. The no part of the answer was that. They've had some wonderful lead designers for Sid uh, for uh, Civilization. Uh, one guy that was really good was a guy named Soren Johnson. I think it's Johnson. He did Civ Four, I believe, which was a masterful game. That was that a was, great game. It was an incredible one. So he asked him, uh, "How would you like to do another Civilization?" He says, "No, no, 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 no," because it's a huge, really complicated project. It's a very complicated game. And it takes a lot out of you, and you have to just juggle a bazillion little variables in your head, not only about the game design and development, but also about like all the different, the, the different technologies and the different units and the way that they uh, augment each other and uh, counteract against opposing armies and special units and stuff. It's yeah, really hard work. Yeah, because every unit has 
a strength and a weakness, which is interesting. So you have to know, for mm-hmm. example, if you have a mounted unit, it's not going to do good against this unit on this type of terrain. But if it's on this terrain, even against this, it against the same unit, it might have a distinct advantage. Yeah, that's right. The mounted units, I think they're good on flatland, but no good in forests or hills or mountains. Yeah, but then, you know, for example, the Aztecs have a unit. No, not the Aztecs. Um, Shoshone? No, they have. They're just that by default. They're they, they get more. They can explore further. Hmm. It's the um, another uh, native group. I think the Incans have um, hmm. their own explorer who who and they can like they they walk through forests like like it's just flatlands or a road. Right. Same with and it actually they have a whole thing where it applies to other youth that they can do this special move. Right. Right. So that's a, that's a good example of a of a. Oh my gosh, sorry, just looking at our bird toys and how chewed up they are already. That's an example of like an exception to a rule and the kind of thing that they have to keep in mind to maintain to maintain uh, balance, but like asymmetric balance. That's really hard work. So anyway, sorry, I went on longer than I meant to mm-hmm. talking about that. Okay, that's fine. So there's that. So where were we? There's that. Yeah, where were we? Oh, right. What did I play this week? Mm-hmm. Um, other than Diablo 3 with the misses and a little bit of Binding of Isaac, which I still find time to play pretty much every day, especially if I'm exercising in the morning, I finished Undertale. Was that this week? That was this week. Mm-hmm. What a cool game. I did it with the pacifist uh, strategy where I didn't kill anyone at all. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to go into detail. But um, I didn't really entirely feel like a true pacifist in the last few fights of the game, and I won't say any more about it. I hope that wasn't saying too much uh, already. But I was completely stuck on a few encounters because I tried to handle them essentially the same way that I handled all the other pacifist fights and uh, or alternatives to fights. So I had to look it up. This is a game I had to look at a walkthrough a few times just because the path I chose, I suppose, is a lot more puzzly because it's avoiding combat uh, and doing it in ways according to who you're facing off against. But this game made me smile so much. It made me laugh so many times. It's very good-natured and playful and clever. I really had a terrific time with Undertale. Um, It's very rare that I finish any game at all. It's very, very rare that I finish any RPG. However many RPGs I finished, I could probably count on one hand. But this is one of them. It was worth finishing. And to the very end, it was full of these delightful little surprises that I have not seen in any other game. And that's not even exaggeration. It really did things that I've never seen in another game. Especially right at the very end. So... Hats off to Mr. Toby Fox, who did the design of the game and the programming and the soundtrack, which I which I bought for as much as I paid for the whole game because I loved it so much and because I couldn't figure out how to rip it out of the out of the game files. Like and you couldn't do. figure out what I was to buy on Steam with your remaining Steam credits. Yeah, that's right. And you didn't and you couldn't stand me making fun of you anymore for having that on there after you made fun of me for being indecisive with a gift certificate. This is also true. So I guess that's all I'll talk about having played this week is Undertale. Mm-hmm. All right. Look how many things we have on our on our list. Do you want to talk about this stuff this week? Uh, we can. We can. Okay, let's do it. Um, what about you? Want to start with the uh, with more tweets from, uh, from uh, our favorite uh, base planting expert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, sure. So we we wanted to. 
we had an awesome, really enjoyable discussion uh, last week with uh, Edgar and Robert. But um, uh-huh. we didn't get to – they the way they podcast is different from us. The two of them, they have just encyclopedic knowledge about uh, pop culture and movies and actors and all that kind of stuff, whereas Bianca and I have to do some preparation and write things down. And it was just such an like, uh, enjoyable, easygoing, free-flowing conversation that we didn't really get to our lists. So we wanted to talk about our lists of uh, things that we were nostalgic about as kids. Mm-hmm. So we'll just do a little quick thing about the items in our list. I think we would have anyway. But uh, let's start it off. Do you want to read it? Let's start it off with uh, some tweets from Trolls. He uh, okay. he volunteered uh, something from his childhood. Why don't you start since it's your... Uh... Oh, you want me to read his tweets? Yeah. Okay. He writes, I could show you sketches from my grade school notebook, and you'd think it was drawn the same week as I did Spunky. Spunky is an adventure game that he made, and I'll put in the show notes. Case in point, what Spunky found, that's the name of his game, has the exact same art style that I had as a 14-year-old. Haven't budged an inch. Then in my teens, I realized I wasn't actually improving and that I sucked at it. As a kid, I was obsessed with drawing comic strips in the vein of Beetle Bailey and Garfield. My biggest adolescent obsession was, of course, Space Quest. So thanks for that, Trolls. Did you? I tried. I dabbled in trying to write comics because I loved reading comic strips and stuff like that. That's part of. Uh, why don't I relate that to one of the things on my list? And I'm sure you didn't put it on your list, but I think you're probably going to. Uh, you'll, you're probably going to echo this sentiment. But uh, I guess it's a Canadian. Is it a Canadian thing? Scholastic book orders. Love them. Love them. It's just oh, I love getting a piece of paper and going through and like, where my what do I want? course that I had to then of course what I got or if I got anything depending on which parent I was with that week oh sure mm-hmm. so scholastic anyway it's a book publisher I suppose they yeah. they I don't this is a pretty sweet deal I don't know how they manage this um, at school we would be issued these catalogs and it was just a whole bunch of books and they had Novels and comics and magazine subscriptions and all this kind of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, you had a form that you filled out with the stuff that you wanted. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, a, a nerd's Christmas kind of a thing. Whenever we, I, I don't know, know if we it got it once a semester or something. Once a month. Was it once a month? Yeah. I didn't remember how frequent it was, but I don't remember getting much other than Garfield compilations. Yeah. I got lots of Garfield. Probably yeah. got a few other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a few things too. But yeah. You get it at the beginning of the week. You had to get it in by the end of the week. So it meant that whatever parent I was staying with was the one I had to appeal to. Mm. So there were some weeks where I didn't get anything because my mother was not feeling generous. Okay. So I got lots of Garfield books anyway, and I used to just leave a stack of them beside my bed, and I would read them uh, while I was falling asleep every night. Oh, I got so many R.L. Steins. Yeah. Were they any good? Yeah, I had... You really cranked them out. It probably wasn't even all him. You probably had like a... An army of gnomes or something. He probably had a bunch of English majors who were desperate for employment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had R.L. Stein. <coughs> not the Goosebumps, but the <coughs> Fear Street and all those. Pardon me. Um, what else did I... I didn't know what else I got from those, really. I got that. Just looking through those, those catalogs, though, I look forward to that so much. I would look at every single title. I think I'd read every description, mm-hmm. look at every cover. I love those. those. Those was a lot of fun. So I, too... Had a real affinity for comic strips. What um, what uh, comics did you read as a kid? Archie. Those were the ones that my mother would buy me. Oh, I read lots of Archie. Mm-hmm. I had some Garfield as well. My dad bought me a couple of Garfields. I still have all my Garfields 
Yeah, me too. We should pull them. They're most of mine are at my parents' house. By the way, Archie, who is your favorite character? Mm. You must have had one. It was kind of a toss-up. I didn't like anyone specifically, but I didn't. But I kind of liked uh, Betty and uh, Jughead. Okay, I knew. I thought you would say Betty. Yeah, just because she at least was not intolerable, but she was um, one of the more human ones. Veronica was just so useless for the most part. Yeah, she was. Yeah, Betty was like resourceful and smart, and uh, she wasn't aggressive. She got out of situations. She either succeeded in situations by being smart or kind. Or she failed in situations because she was smart and kind. I like that, that, that she didn't always win. Yeah, and I appreciate that she at least felt like a real teenage girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's, that uh, that comic is still any good. Mm-hmm. I liked how if you bought a, an Archie comic from the 80s, there would be like 40 or 50 years of Archie comics inside a book that you would buy in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, it looks I don't know if they re- still recycle those old ones. We bought on Amazon a couple of Archie compilations, and they were like, they had letters from the editors and letters from the artists and stuff like that that introduced the comic you were about to read, and they said why it was one of their favorite, it was a, all the favorite episodes of the various contributors. Yeah. That was a great one. Did you did you read that? Yes, I did. Did and you read the also, letters too? Yes. And of course, we also had um, the one that answered the question, what would happen if Archie married Veronica? What would happen if Archie married Betty? Oh, it was a, was it a series or what? Yes, a one-off? It, yeah, it was a it was a spinoff, but it was also but it was uh, serialized. You read more of it than I did. We, you didn't read the whole thing though. Is it, no, you? I read all of the ones we bought, but I never finished it. I think I've read the first one and then I kind of lost interest because I saw how long it was going to go on. Yeah, but that was sort of neat, and there were some parallels. And they tur- I remember they turned uh, Veronica's dad, Mister Lodge, Hiram Lodge, yeah. into a real asshole. He was like exploiting the Earth for monetary gain and exploiting. There was like interesting stuff about globalization in the economy and turning Riverdale, which was a quaint little town, uh, selling it out and turning it like into a bunch of Walmarts and getting rid of all the little mom and there was Pop's chocolate shop. And yeah. It was going to go out of business because of all the yeah, McDonald's kind of competitors. Yeah, and, they were, uh, and it was Jughead who meant to try to save it. Oh, that's right. Pop's was going to retire or something and Jughead, he, having uh, graduated from high school or college or whatever, he became the proprietor. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. Yes, it was. That and that was such a good thing too. I just loved the way that went because it it introduced it introduced a bit of a dark side to Riverdale that you never really get in the uh, when they're in high school. You kind of get their rose their uh, rose t- the uh, rose tainted version of it. Like everything's happy, peachy keen. They all have these like trivial uh, yeah teenage well, problems. Although you know the the, the more recent the, the more the more contemporary ones, they actually have. Uh, Characters with disabilities and uh, characters who they introduced a homosexual character as well. Hmm. So they made him a little more contemporary. That's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It's it sort of like an idealized series, though. Like, I don't know. I guess it has to go somewhere. They can't just keep selling the same stuff indefinitely. Yeah. I, I have to. I have to read something new before I judge it. It's kind of a shame that it loses its innocence in that sense because it is like this idyllic. Riverdale, where nobody ever gets older, and as you say, all their all their problems are trivial. Otherwise, life is yeah. fantastic, and but they take things for com- granted. But the thing is, that's the nature of the comics. It's meant to be like that, because that's yeah, because it's one of the original comics subject to the comic code, which was introduced. To, oh right, yeah, and so everything had to be all uh, hunky dory. Mm-hmm. Very true. Let's see other comics. Oh yes, I had uh, Pokemon. You read those? Yeah, I had like some really early editions. Interesting. 
I had. I watched Gundam the show Wing. for a little while, but not for long. Yeah, I had some Gundam Wing comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some various others, but yeah, I had the enti- I have um, I had the entire se- the entire Gundam series of Blind Target and uh, Zero in uh, comic form, and then I got it in uh, manga form. Hmm. And I found it recently when I was uh, cleaning up uh, my uh, my old paperback books. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got rid of them because they were just taking up space. But no, I'm never going to get rid of my VHSs. I got nostalgic thinking about those. Your, like, off-the-shelf, uh, store, like, Zeller's brand uh, videotapes where you have dubs of dubs of dubs of anime uh, that, no, you'll, that have, you already uh, own on DVD in better quality and digitally? No, I have uh, Disney classics, like, two classics in uh, that, that from when they first came out. Like? I have Little Mermaid. Uh mm. I oh, have, right, you have the store-bought ones of those. That's right. Yeah, I have all the store I have a whole bunch of store-bought Disney ones like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have the friggin' uh, DVDs, but I but I can't get... I can't bring myself to throw, my, throw out my VHSs. You know, folks, we have a... Bianca and I have an understanding. She keeps her VHS tapes, and I get to keep my audio cassettes. Even though my audio cassettes take up one-tenth the space that your VHS cassettes do, but they're under my bookshelf, which I could be using to stack more manga. More manga. That's what we need. <laughs> um, any other comics that you read? Um, I have some. Not really, because I kind of. You're a novel. Person. I was a novel. I was in the novels until uh, until uh, late until I started getting to anime, in which case I started getting it more into manga. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of exploded in high school. Hmm. Well, me, I read. I read some for better or for worse. Was that a Canadian one? Yes, for better or for worse, it definitely. Lynn Canadian. Johnston was her name. Yeah, and there's a whole. Then there it? was yep, Kim Johnston, and there was a um, cartoon as well. That's, yes. So that's another Canadian cartoon. That was a really good one. I like that cartoon. So did I. I don't know whether she's still writing that. I don't know if she is, but I I I think it's um. Oh wow. Oh, here we go. This new format, however, was dropped less than two years. Launch date, September 9th, 1979. End date, August 31st, 2008. Wow, so she did it for 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 20 years. For 30 years. That's incredible. That's incredible. Where is she from, though? Is she Canadian? Yes. It's in the first friggin' paragraph. Paragraph? Then John's doing it. Canadian. Woohoo, we win. Yay. <laughs> That was a really awesome one. If you can get your hands on it, you should definitely take a look at it. Seen in over 2,000 newspapers. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was neat because it was like about – it's just about family life. Um, but what was interesting was that the characters all aged as she does. And so I read about like these little kids with lisps that because they're still learning how to speak. And now those those characters had their own kids. So that's very, very strange. It's really neat. I didn't keep reading them as I grew up. I had like two or three books, and I read them over and over and over. But I enjoyed that series a lot. Yeah, I loved I loved reading it when uh, on Saturday morning you get a nice big fat Saturday morning newspaper and pull out the whole comic section. Oh, yeah. And it was in co- – and like the first page was in color, and you always got the big Garfield one on front. I was about to say No, Garfield. Sunday paper, not Saturday. Oh, yeah, Sunday had Sunday. Nice, the, the really awesome section of uh, – Comics and, and like the front and back would always be full color. Mm-hmm. And the Garfield, I always loved uh, the logo for Garfield on yeah. that because it was different every week. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. 
Uh, what else did I read? Oh, well, I read... I, I got a little bit, but not very, into comic collecting, like superhero kind of comics. I read X-Men for a short while, maybe like 15, 20 issues or so. I kind of decided I didn't care that much. Mm-hmm. But I liked Wolverine. I read some X-Men comics, and I read the Wolverine comic. I had one Wolverine number 75, which... I think it was worth something. I probably still have it. I had it in, like, Mylar. Uh, Mylar Balloon. Shut up, woman. Mylar Balloon. I hate you. Bum, um, bum, shut up. Well, you shut up. I'm thinking. <laughs> it was in, like, a bag, a plastic bag or whatever. I'm not saying Mylar that word again. Balloon. With cardboard backing and stuff. Mylar. So it's probably, shut up, lady. <laughs> fuck off. You're a fuck. You're a fuck and you have no ass. Um, right. Shut up. <laughs> So Wolverine 75, as I recall, I think that's where the adamantium is uh, stripped from his skeleton and he loses his healing powers. And so he still has these big claws, but they're made out of bone. And whenever he uh, puts them out, he like gushes blood out of his fists and yells because it hurts. And then that was that was like the peak. I'm like, okay, it's not going to get better than this. I got real bored and I stopped caring. One that I did collect for a while was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It wasn't the first um, series, the Eastman and Laird one, as far as I know, which was black and white. It was the uh, Archie published ones, which at first... Included a crossover, which he owns. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I have uh, I have uh, Ninja Turtles meet Archie, which is so stupid. It's very stupid, but I, I'm really proud of that. And it's all beat up, and I could never resell it, but I never would because I enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. It's very silly. But uh, Archie was just a publisher. They published a lot of uh, they published a lot of series. It was at first based on the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon. But I think after like two or three or four issues, it kind of went off on its own tangent, and it was super cool. It was all science fictiony with time travel and space travel and like super mutants and. Uh, and uh, side, like side stories and all these other characters. My very favorite character was Cuddly the Transdimensional Cowlick, which was this like kind of a Buddha-like, uh, very uh, enlightened and easygoing and even-tempered flying gigantic cow head. And it would, slur- it would talk to the Ninja Turtles and give them this cryptic advice. That might come in handy much later or in some other dimension or in another universe. And uh, it could transport them by licking them all up and carrying them in his mouth and then flying to another dimension and then spitting them out. And they were all covered in cow spit. Mm, sounds gelatinous. You're such a cool character. I love the idea of that character. So they were a lot of really cool. There, It was like a serial comic, but every now and then they would have a one-off story that just started and finished. And it may not. it was only kind of tangentially about the Ninja Turtles, but it was in their universe and about an individual mutant or person or something. It was very cool. I loved that series. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was such a big Ninja Turtles fan in general, now that we're talking about Ninja Turtles. In Disneyland... uh, Have you been to Disneyland? Disneyland and Disney World. I went to both, too. So I don't remember which of those it was, but they had this big parade thing, and the Ninja Turtles, guys in Ninja Turtle costumes, were in the parade. And I was all excited. I must have been like 10 or 11 years old or so. I ran up to one of them, and uh, pardon me. What did I have? It was just a piece of paper. I came up to him with a piece of paper and a pen, and I asked for his autograph. And some guy in a costume like scribbled Michelangelo or something like that in terrible sloppy handwriting. Because how are you going to write in these big green <laughs> turtle gloves? And I was like over the moon. 
I still have it at my parents' house. It's inside another like Ninja Turtles, uh, a hollow Ninja Turtle plastic uh, container of some sort. Awesome. I'll show you sometime. <laughs> That's okay. too cool. I'm just trying to remember what mascots I've encountered. Oh, they had the Hanna-Barbera ones at uh, Canada's Wonderland. Oh, yeah, that's right. They used to own Canada's Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Then it was Paramount, and now it's I don't know who. Yeah. Boo. Haven't been in a long time. Mm -hmm. Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, that's right. They had, like, Yogi Bear and stuff there. And who else is a Hanna-Barbera character? They had the Flintstones? Yeah, the Jetsons. I don't remember seeing the Jetsons at, at No, but that Wonderland, is Hanna-Barbera. No. Oh, yeah. Canada's Wonderland, by the way, is an amusement park. Just north of Toronto. It's yeah. a pretty good one, too, but mm -hmm. it's so expensive now. But they get cool rides. and They have stuff. cool rides. They have the Vortex. I wonder if they still have the Vortex. That was so much Oh, fun. I hope so. The Vortex was a really cool roller coaster. It's like suspended. It, it's it's like a monorail roller coaster, but... It doesn't really have ups or downs, but it just goes really fast. Well, it does. Well, it doesn't but have not, like, significant that you would know that uh, for people with... Uh, you know, issues with going up and down really quickly would have, mm. but it's like just this really awesome like twist and turn without, and you don't really notice any uh, ups or downs that much because of the way it's designed. It's just so much fun. That was yeah. one of my favorites. So, so it's it's suspended by uh, it's it's on one rail and it's like the car is suspended underneath the rail, and it kind of swings left and right a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's very cool. So if you look down, like there's no track under you; it's above you. So it's sort of like being in a in a spaceship, and you fly all around the park and see all the sights. That's a great roller coaster. That's mm -hmm. my favorite one there for sure. Yeah, that's why you would go on a weekday if you could, so you didn't have to stand in line behind a million other smelly ass people. Let's see. Then there was of course uh, Whitewater Rapids, which was cool. You got this. You got into this uh, huge uh, tube thing. It it would hold up to like six people, and if, and if you got and if you were in, a, in an aggressive enough group. You could get these. You could get your group to bash into rocks, and it was really fun. It was like, oh, awesome! It's still there. Yeah. Oh, Thunder Run. They have oh, that I got too. that when I ate too much Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, does this, this podcast become? I don't know. That's pretty cool. Look at this stuff. They speed. tell you the maximum speed duration: one minute forty-five seconds, and you wait in line for an hour and a half to get on it. That's if you go on a weekend. But if you go on a weekday, it's like you can pretty much just stand at the final line and let it over That's and over. Awesome. Canada's Wonderland, yo. Yeah. Uh, so many good memories. That's such an awesome place. Lots of memories. And, of course, this is also the one. This I don't know if they have it anymore, but this I remember going there, and they had this one roller coaster called the Bat. It would send you flinging upwards and then to the top, and then, and, oh, there it is. And then you immediately went flinging back down backwards at the same speed. Yeah, the Bat was cool. Mm -hmm. It's instead of, like, being one... It's instead of being a, a loop, it has a beginning and an end. And you like do a loop to loop and you turn a corner and you do another loop to loop. And then you go up this hill and then you stop on the hill and it pulls you up to the very top of the hill. And then you go backwards through the same uh, little track. So it's an upside down loop to loop roller coaster where you go upside down and backwards. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. And that's another one where you wait 45 minutes and it's less than two minutes on the ride. But yeah. that, that's a unique one. I've never seen another one like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the nice one about this place is it's basically everything's stationary and everything's is just well constructed, unlike the CNE where everything's all flimsy and I might, I might be afraid to go on it just because you don't oh, know yeah. it's going to implode in on your head. Most temporary. Mm -hmm. I always like this one, the Mighty Canadian Mindbuster. It's a wooden, wooden roller coaster and it doesn't go upside down. It just has lots of ups and downs. You go through this like uh, sheet metal tunnel where it's the rumbling of the wheels is really really loud i love this and everybody else thought it was boring speed mm -hmm. gravity 
The hell does that mean? Manufacturer, Philadelphia Toboggan. There's a lot. I'm putting this in the show notes. It's just information about all the rides mm-hmm. on their websites. That's pretty cool. They have a lot of rides. Dragonfire. That was the. F- was that no? That wasn't the first upside down roller coaster I ever nope. went to. I went to one when I lived in Calgary. Yeah, they have a called. bunch of new stuff. Yeah, Drop Tower. Who cares about that? Yeah, I haven't been on that new stuff. But yeah, the be- like from and then oh and then there is this the log ride that you would start off and it, it just dropped you straight up. It wasn't a Zumba flume. Yeah. Oh, was that it? Maybe. Oh, but it wasn't too bad. Oh, Splash Rock. The- no, that's the. I never went there. That was the uh, water park. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Never went to the water park. I know your sister's been. Yay! This wasn't even on our list, but we're talking about nostalgic stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many uh, awesome things here. I don't remember what that one was called now, the log ride. But yeah, it was the one where you get one. Maybe, wet. let's see, family rides. Maybe it's under the, this is thrill rides. Maybe it's a family ride because it's not so, uh, oh. Crackin Silver wagon. Streak must have been one of them. Mm. Oh, the swings. The bloody swings. I could never go on there because they were like so flimsy. And oh, I mean, did you get vertigo? Yeah. Oh, I always enjoyed that one. Timber Timberwolf Falls. Oh, is that it? Yes, and Whitewater Canyon. Those were it. Those were two of the. Uh, oh, I never did Whitewater Canyon. That's on like rafts with a bunch of people. Oh or, yeah, and then you just bash into rocks. That one was really fun, and you got you could get going quite quickly. Oh, this is the one. Yeah, Timberwolf Falls. That was you start. You went up with this hill. I remember the first time I was on it. Oh, I was absolutely terrified because my dad tricked me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to go on it. He tricked me into going on it. How do you trick someone into going on a on a ride? I was 12 years old. I, I, it's not too hard to trick some 12-year-old into doing something stupid. Hmm. Well, of course, the best thing about Canada's Wonderland of all. Funnel cakes! Friggin' funnel cakes. Of course, How do you describe funnel cakes for those who are not blessed with the, the knowledge of such things? Oh, basically, it's just deep fried dough with like a ton of powdered sugar on it. You can get like a funnel cake at the Sini as well. Mm. It's just deep fried dough. It's fried like, dough. Oh, it's so unhealthy. And you can have ice cream on it. And if you really want to ruin it, you can put fruit on it. I know. Who My needs sister to put anything on it? All you got to do is just have it dusted with powdered sugar and it's amazing. Fried dough. That's everything you need for all of your dietary needs. Yeah. It's fried, it's dough. You're done. And it's about sugar. Just and sugar. Which of course looks like arsenic. What's this sum? You need lots. <laughs> wow, they have so much more here. Yeah, they do. Thrill burger? That does not sound appetizing. If I'm... Anyway. Tiny Tim's Donuts. I thought that was at the C&E. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded dirty. Oh, they have beaver tails. Oh, they, they, they have way more stuff than when I went. You, yeah. Time was, you brought your own fucking basket, and you and you were lucky if your parents bought you a fountain drink from the uh, hot dog stand. Yeah. Now the... Uh, FYI. Uh, wow, we're getting close to our... Uh, well, we got lots of lists to go. You want to save this for another time? Uh, let's do a couple more things. I want to talk about uh, one thing. Oh, yeah, please. I'm I'm not sure how many of our listeners have like a good a, a really cold winter or get long term or get like a lot of winter. But uh, one thing that uh, I remember doing frequently was uh frequently what frequently yeah I did it a whole bunch of times was I you know occasionally licking the flagpole or you know licking, licking the chain link fence in the dead of winter and getting my tongue stuck. Bah. Did you get it stuck stuck? Did you have to like call a grown up and get hot water to pour on it? No, if you if you were smart enough, you could uh, just use your own saliva and free yourself because your saliva was usually warm enough to break you off because it was more because you just had to you know cough it up. It was disgusting, but yeah, I like chain link fences, poles. In fact, I did. In fact, one of the times I did it, I did it on a dare. 
I licked the chain link fence and then the girl then the person who dared me went over the fence because that was the dare. She said if I licked it, then she would climb it over. I licked the fence, she climbed over and she got into a ton of trouble for that. And the thing is we were like two we were like five feet from the to walk around it, but we walked but she went over the fence anyways. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I licked the cold uh, pole or something once as a kid. I forget if I think one of my friends got stuck to it. One of my friends got real stuck to it, and we had to like call someone with hot water to pour it on top on the tongue, and that got it off. Mm-hmm. Me, I just touched it a little bit, and I could feel it like freezing and getting stuck to it a little bit. It was like licking flypaper or something, kind <laughs> of you know, stuck my tongue would get. But I, I wasn't stupid enough to press it on there long enough to actually be stuck. Yeah, well, it was a chain link fence, so it was easy to get off of for me. This is the this is the age before smartphones, I guess, and spoiled rotten kids. I know. We were just stupid. We were stupid, and uh, fortunately, the only way anyone will know how we were stupid is if we talk about it. We don't. None of this is immortalized online for uh, for uh, people to find, you know, well, fifty years down the road. Well, it is now. True, but there's no uh, photographs of us associated with this or videos. That's right. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I am so grateful I there was no internet when I was growing up. Oh, me, me too. Our poor kids mm-hmm. of the future. Uh, I know. I can imagine my dad probably would have had his phone out the day I went headfirst off my bicycle uh, handlebars. You know, you know, you first get your first five-speed bike, you have your front and back brakes. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You pull the front brakes when you're trying to stop. I pull the front brakes, hit this rock, went flying like four or five feet, mm-hmm. landed face first after skidding, just short of some grass. I did almost the same thing. Hit my front brake. Um, I actually uh, hit a tricycle from some little girl that pulled in front of me, which is why I hit my front brake. I flipped over hand, my handlebars, and I landed. I only scratched my knee, and I scratched it real bad, and it was all it was all gooey and bruisey, and I think I left some some brand on the south on the, on the sidewalk. Yeah. And I, me, I had a really good uh, skid on my knee. For yeah, weeks. for me there was a fork in the pit on this path, and I was I meant to go one way, but I panicked. And I turned and I and then I and then according to my dad, I made this like I did like a I actually flipped head first, and then that's how I landed after going. Ooh, sweet! I know. I didn't even want to ride my bike. I walked my bike home indignantly, oh. bleeding. Of course, I scraped my knee, and I got this like bump the size of an egg on my ankle. Oh. No breaks or anything. Let's see. Anything else gory that we can talk about on here? Oh, what's gory? You don't have anything gory. Do I? No. Oh. I don't know what this one is. What do you want to? Should we close off by you telling me whatever this means? Uh, fortune cups. Yeah. What are fortune cups? This is a girl-only thing from the nineties. Okay. Essentially, you would take your uh, lined paper, like your eight and a half by eleven, turn it, uh, turn it into a square. And this involves origami. You would first then turn your square, and then you would fold it corner to corner. So, uh, the diag on the di- you fold it on the diagonals. Oh, those are called fortune cups. Yeah. Oh, they're cups. because it, it looks like a cup at the end, and then you would fold it. Th- and then, you, then after you made the triangle, then you would fold in the corners to came to the middle. Then you would keep folding it. Oh, I sh- I I don't I don't quite know how to describe the folding, but it was quite intricate. And then under each flap, you would you would write one fortune, and so you could, and then. Uh, on the, and then on the top of each flap, you wrote the, the numbers. numbers. And then on the outside, you had... So you started with four numbers on the outside. And whatever number the person picked, you would count one, two. And then they would open up and they would have four numbers to pick from. They would pick one of those four numbers. You'd count those numbers again. And then finally, you say, pick one more number. And then you then they pick that number and that's the number that you would uh, read out to them. That was their fortune. Mm-hmm. 
I've had yeah, I've had that presented to me, but as you say, that is a, a girl only thing that men are either don't have the knowledge or are physically incapable through some supernatural means of ever creating themselves. Yeah, there's That's a whole the South Park episode on things. that. Yeah, there was, and of course, there was also Mash. Oh yeah, Mansion Apartment Shack House. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that till so you reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that? Yeah. And that determines what you'll live in. It determines you what you'll live in, who you'll marry, what your job will right. be, what kind of car you'll drive, and where you'll go for your honeymoon. I forgot about all that stuff. You're absolutely right. It's cool that we grew up on opposite sides of the country and we played the same game. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yes, what else was there? Ass ball. <laughs> Ass ball? had a tennis ball or whatever bounce and you throw it at the wall. I think you guys call it wall ball. We had ass, it was ass ball. Ass ball for us. Because if you missed, if you, if you didn't catch it, you had to run and tag the wall. But if the person, if one of your peers threw it first and hit the wall, then you had to go stand with your hands against the wall, sticking your ass out. And, for, and then they would, and then they would have, then they, then they could, they got to throw the ball at your ass. Hence ass ball. Lovely. Yep, that was a good. That was a good one. And you had marbles too. I lost so many of the giant marbles. I never played marbles. Yeah, we had marbles. Cat's eyes. We used to gamble in the schoolyard. <laughs> I know gambling the schoolyard. <laughs> so not, uh, that was so awesome. You couldn't get away with any of this stuff now. Oh, kids are so boring. I mean, yes, smartphones are cool, but geez, where's your red rover? Where's your marbles? Where's my fucking wooden play structure that I'm going to get splinters on, damn Oh, it. yeah, I know, the wooden playgrounds. I miss those. They're all kind of nerfed and plastic and sort of harmless now. I know. That's a shame. We had really cool playgrounds. I know, and they had metal stuff, too, that you could make. I got stuck. Yeah, I know. You ruined it for everybody, didn't you? <laughs> Probably. Between the licking and climbing, we're not allowed to oh, play Oh, yeah, and of course, things. everyone jumped off the top of these structures, and now... Of course. And so now they padded the fucking ground around it too because oh, yeah, it was sand or whatever. We had sand, so you got to make a nice oom or jumping off the swings. No, mm-hmm. you can't do anything fun anymore. Everything's all safe and bubble wrapped. It sucks. Stuff sucks, guys. All modern stuff sucks. I mean, it's all bubble wrapped and safe. Safety sucks so much. What was the name of that bubble wrap toy that we were looking for? Oh damn it, bubble wrap toy. I don't remember. Mochi, mochi. Mochi, good remember, good memory. What the hell? Okay, we're, that's how I know that we're getting close. So yeah, we learned. I forget where we learned about this Japanese keychain sort of a thing. It's like a perpetual bubble wrap. It's like yeah, it's like a keychain keychain thing that you keep in your pocket. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, how does everybody have this? I guess that's what they call it. Mochi. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think you should well, put that keychain in your search if you're looking for one. Sure thing. So it's like a bubble bubble wrap thing, but it never it's it, it always gets restored so that you it's always poppable. Mm-hmm. Ah, there it is. Good memory. I can't believe you remembered most. Right there on Amazon. Amazon. Oh, I was just looking at a bunch of stuff and I came across this. Currently unavailable. Twenty three bucks. That looks kind of cool anyway. I will put this in the show notes for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, this is electronic bubble wrap. That's so cool. It is. Electronic bubble wrap. What an a- Okay. So uh, however much we're bad-mouthing kids nowadays and the stuff at their disposal, we never had electronic bubble wrap. As oh, yeah. That's cool. They got some, some cool stuff, but there's still... It, 
they still have some they still have some pretty neat stuff as well that they do <laughs> I mean I mean toddlers have a fucking grin a bag that they can suck and what did we get sit here and open while here comes the airplane and and meanwhile you know the toddler can walk around now sucking their goo out of a out of a uh, yeah they get like astronaut food sacks mm-hmm and we had to endure our mothers making up games to make us eat stuff yeah if I could have sucked on goo in a bag I would have I know. We had arrowroot cookies. Those are pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining about arrowroot cookies. Yeah. But, of course, they're always kept out of our reach because, yeah, we, we always eat. Did you, oh, did you ever bake with your parents when you were a kid? Like, when you were really young? No. My you dad. I baked with my dad, of all people. Is that where you uh, learned how to make those unpronounceable Greek cookie doodlers? Gururakia? Uh, no, I learned sure. how to make that from my mother. From ah. the recipe. But my dad, we made peanut butter cookies. Mm-hmm. I like peanut butter cookies. I still remember in grade six, he uh, he wanted to make some cookies to surprise me and a couple of friends I was bringing over because he because I lived my house was like right next to the school, so I was I was the student who could get up when everyone else was in the schoolyard, get dressed, walk over at the bell rang, and everyone <laughs> else had their, would have been there already by like would have been there long before I even considered having to get up. <laughs> So anyways, I still remember coming home and he and my dad putting out this plate of cookies. Like, I made cookies. He was so proud of himself. Of course, he was missing a couple of key ingredients. They came out like pancakes. Banana pancake cookies. It was the weirdest fucking thing I ever tasted. Oh, that you reminded me. We once tried to make marshmallows with my Nana, my dad's mother, Mm -hmm. when we visited her in Winnipeg once, my sister and I. So she, we all, we all did it together. We like looked up the recipe and we put in the ingredients where did and, you go to the library, or did you look in the, like... In- no, I, no, she had a cookbook or something. Ah. And uh, we put them in the oven, and we put it in the refrigerator, and it was supposed to set and get all aerated. And we got it, like, four hours later or something. We took it out of the fridge, and it was, like, lemon soup. <laughs> Sounds like our attempt to make, like... Uh, anything? No. <laughs> no, no that anything. jello. We were going to make some sort of... Oh, we were going to make pudding, and it turned into, like, chocolate sauce. <laughs> And yeah, because we, we added Irish cream to it. Oh, doesn't that sound <laughs> awesome, though? Irish cream chocolate pudding? I know. it was. It's In theory, it sounded good in practice. It's just basically it never even solidified. Yeah, never improvise. Creativity is your is your foe. Yeah. Um, are we done? I'm tired. I think we are. I think we're done. We can always talk about this other stuff later. Yeah, we will. Okay. Um, cool. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for listening. We love you like crazy. Yes, we do. I guess we do. <laughs> you guess right, dude. Dude. So take us away. Okay, so if uh, you want to reach us and tell us more of your memory, uh, nostalgic memories and fond longings for days bygone. <laughs> fond longings. <laughs> Speaking of which, you still have a game to give away. Oh yes. So I have one more game to give away. Um, Next person is we. Forty-seventh person to tweet. <laughs> Fine, next Get some free lawnmower clippings in a dirty Ziploc. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, did I throw off your concentration? Yes, you did. Next person to tweet us something that they remember from their childhood, shall we say? Yeah. Wins something? Mm -hmm. Wins our other game key. So if you want to reach us, you can reach us on the web where squarefm.demodulated.com. You can reach us by email squarefm at demodulate.com 
or on Twitter, we're at Square Waves FM. So send your responses to any three of those, preferably Twitter, because Twitter's best of all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it for now. So we'll see you next people. Ne- we'll um, be contacting you people. I don't know, seeing you nice people next week, I guess. We'll be interfacing with your input-output ports, personally. And, and up close. <laughs> and uh, trolls, try not to fall into any more ditches. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. So see you guys. Uh, Konbanwa, sayonara, oyasumi. Oyasumi. Bye-bye. Beep. 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 Oh, wait.